1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on The Zone Sports Network. Listen, every day at 1.30 is Hanson. Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as they count you down through the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON only right here on The Zone Sports Network. Who do you think is going to be number one, Gordon? I don't know. Who do you think? Off the top of my head, I would guess Devin Lloyd. Really? Well, that that's not a bad choice. I don't know, man. I. Yeah. Might have been Ty Jordan. Oh if, wow! If yeah. Situation where. Man, that still just rips your guts. Stings, out, doesn't, doesn't it? it? I, you know, I saw the uh, uh, the headstone was posted on social media the other day that. Yeah. uh and man it just just brings up such a such a sad story but anyway the 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 retweets and the kind of the uh what am i looking uh, for here the the um oh the shout outs to him i guess or yeah. or uh, uh um what am i dedications to him on social uh-huh. media it was quite uh, it was quite moving yeah, actually from a, his former such a,
2: teammates such a bright young talent holy cow yeah and he was really good yeah was, he, uh, i mean uh, r- that, you know, the the human side of it is heartbreaking, but from a sports side, can you imagine how much fun it would be to watch that guy yeah. over the next number of years and
1: into the NFL because I think he had that kind of talent? I think so, too. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up that, that sad story. Yeah, it's, it's but it's good to remember. It is it's good, good to, remember. to remember. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's get out to the uh, uh, Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property. Concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly? Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now is the founder of thejumpball.net. He works for Bleacher Report, does podcasts for The Athletic, former video coordinator for the Clippers, Spurs. Uh, he is our friend Mo DeKill with us here on the Big Show. Mo, thanks for uh, coming back on, man. We appreciate it. How are you?
3: Oh, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm happy you guys are, are having me on.
1: Well, hey, let's uh, we we can ask you some jazz stuff, but let's let's start off with some overall playoff stuff. You're obviously very familiar with the with the Clippers. You surprised they lived to fight another day last night?
3: Yes, and I think the <laughs> to be honest, when I heard the news that Zubac was out. I literally was like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. Game's going to be done relatively quickly. This is going to be a pretty relaxing night. I was trying to figure out in my head what I was going to binge watch. And the uh, Clippers had completely different plans. And, and you got to give them a ton of credit, man. The way they fought, the way they handled themselves, you know, um, listen, you guys saw it firsthand with, with the Jazz, but this team just not quitting. It was a very impressive performance from the Clippers and from Paul George.
2: You know, it's interesting because this isn't exactly the reputation of the Clippers, is it? Uh, and yet here they are changing that whole sort of notion. Uh, I, I, I love I, I. I. The Clippers have gained my respect. I, I, I didn't think they had it in them. And look at them. I just, you described it well.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, I, and—, and and I'm with you in the sense of they've really earned my respect as well, just in the sense of, you know, I didn't think they had it in them when Kawhi went out, when that was announced, you know. And I thought, man, that's, that's tough. I don't see uh, – I didn't think they'd have enough to be able to get past Utah. And they were able to, to overcome that. And then even, you know, for me it was a win after that. But then for them to be down 3-1, it's really easy as a team to just kind of let go of the rope and, and, and in this case, you know, they're like, no, we're we're right in this. We're still going to battle. And I think a lot of that comes from Ty Lue. And maybe he's not getting enough credit just in, on the, 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 the coaching aspect, but on the, the managing the guys aspect as well and how well he's done a great job with this team.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about Ty Lue. And I'll admit that after the first couple of games in the Jazz Series, I was uh, doubting his coaching abilities and Boy, has he proved me wrong. In fact, let me ask you this while we're talking about the Clippers. I would never make the argument that uh, any team is better without Kawhi Leonard. That's just uh, madness. But could his absence have been kind of a, a galvanizing thing for that locker room and uh, you know, uh, be a real challenge for Paul George to go out there and, and lift the team? Could there have been some positive impacts from him not being there?
3: Uh, yeah, and I, and, and I want to be careful with it because it's not – <laughs> they would prefer to have Kawhi Leonard healthy sure. and ready yeah, to play. Totally <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> they, 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 this isn't saying, like, oh, the Clippers are so much better without Kawhi. But it's just – it's kind of forced Paul George to sort of be like, you have no no excuses. The ball's in your hands. you got to go make these things happen. It's on you now. And I'm so happy with how well he's playing. Just on the pure fact of, you know, he took a lot of, of – crap last year and I think you know uh, and some of it was brought on by himself he didn't do himself any favors or things like that but to have stepped up the way he has in this playoff I think you know it's it's really kind of opened up things and listen would any of us have really batted an eye if if the Clippers had lost and you know to the Jazz right after it was announced Kawhi was out we all just been like man that's just bad luck instead you know he stepped up Reggie Jackson has stepped up uh, Marcus Morris has been great. Zubac, before he won out, has been awesome. Terrence Mann, obviously. You know, I think just across the board, everybody sort of raised their game to another
0: level.
2: And certainly everybody around here, like you, you noted, uh, is well aware, and uh, painfully so for the fan base here in our <laughs> I'm, market.
3: I'm nervous to bring it up.
4: because <laughs> <laughs>
2: What do you what do you make of the jazz what do you make of the way their season ended and the overall effect uh Donovan Mitchell being uh I guess uh, somewhat heartbroken over that and uh now the news that Dennis Lindsey is going to uh change positions uh with the team what oh, what do you what do you make of it all
3: Yeah so I think it all starts with you know once new ownership comes in there's always going to be changes made you know and I think it's, just a, it's, it's almost just a matter of time. Unless you go to win a championship, you know, rarely do we see a situation where a new owner comes in and everything stays the status quo for, for multiple years. You know, I think when you see everything going, it, it's, it's a little bit surprising just because of how well the team was put together by Dennis Lindsey. Um, but I think, you know, they just want to go a different way, and, and, and I think that's, you know, the prerogative of ownership. In terms of the team, my my biggest complaint about the Jazz, and this has been something I complained about with other teams, too, is just they really stay in one style, both offensively and defensively. You know, they they, they run their offense, and it's great. When everybody's sitting in shock, it's amazing. It looks unstoppable. High pick and roll. Rudy rolls. He draws in the defense. You find the shooters. If not, Rudy has a layup, or Donovan has a layup. If, they don't have a plan B when that's not working, though. You know, I, I haven't seen them go to something different. And part of that is they just don't have the guys that can help them with sort of a plan B. And it's a similar thing on the defensive end. We're going to funnel everything to Rudy. Rudy's going to protect the paint. But we saw what happened in the Clippers' series when, when they went small. And, you know, Quinn's got to take a little bit of a hit for not adjusting quickly. And my adjustment isn't take Rudy out. They were willing to let man shoot. But once man started hitting all those shots, you might have wanted to rotate to him, you know, while Rudy didn't bang, have somebody else rotate to him and then have somebody cover for that man and, and, and have a different rotation. So I think, you know, the, they needed a plan B on offense and on defense, and I think that needs to be the focus in the offseason.
1: So, uh, Mo, the Jazz, and Justin Zanuck, who's the, uh, the general manager running the day-to-day for the Jazz, he's got a big decision to make uh, in the near future with Mike Conley, who's a free, free agent. And, of course, a lot of this uh, depends on, you know, where Mike wants to play. He's never been a free agent in his career. But, you know, the Jazz are already over the cap uh, without re-signing him, so they'd be well, well, well into the luxury tax again. Um, But Gordon and I have talked about this a lot. Even though it's painful, it seems like that would be the right move. What do you think about re-signing Mike Conley?
3: I think that's the right move. You know, here's the thing, too with them already over the cap, you know, it's, if Mike, if they just let Mike Connolly walk away, it's not like they have the money to go replace him. You know, they're, they're not in a position with that because they're already over the cap. But because they have bird rights and things like that, they can go over the cap to sign it. It's not as easy, you know, as, as it just seems. Logically, you just be like, oh, well, you can just go spend the $20 million else, elsewhere. It's not the way it works with, with the way the, the cast is set up in the current situation with the Jazz. They got to re-sign him, you know, and, and, and then from there you can build out. Maybe it's even a sign-and-trade and, and things like that. I don't think that's the case. I'm with you guys. You got to re-sign Mike Connolly and you got to start looking at other places and where you can make adjustments. Maybe – you know, maybe there's a, a market for Joe Ingles, and you could bring in a piece or two or some flexibility. Um, you, you know, you got to see what's out there. Maybe there's something out there for Bogdanovich. You know, you got to kind of look at those things and, 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 and explore all avenues. But nothing should really be off the table except that Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell are, are, are coming back next year.
2: So as you observe the playoffs, uh, who, who are you looking at as the best team in the bunch?
3: I think it's Milwaukee, but I got to say it's been the weirdest playoffs <laughs> I've experienced in, in, in a long time. Just because I don't really trust any of the four teams, you know, I don't I don't feel definitive about it. I could see a, a route where all four teams win a championship, um, but just talent wise and everything, I think Milwaukee's the most talented team at this point with Kawhi Leonard out. I think that allows the the Bucks to surpass the Clippers for. So for me, with Giannis and Middleton's going to continue to hit shots the way he did in Game 3, You know, they're, they're on another level than everybody else.
1: You know, just looking, you were here in a small market, obviously, and you look into the Bucks. I, I'm, I'm rooting for them a little bit, honestly, because Giannis decided to to stay there and re-sign there despite the, the fact that Milwaukee ain't L.A., you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> right. to reward that, that market and that franchise with a championship, I think, would be a pretty cool story.
3: Yeah, it's it's a great story for the NBA, at least in terms of just having a small market team. I think this, even the top four teams, you know, all relative. The Clippers obviously aren't in a small market, but they're also the like the fifth favorite team of people here in Los Angeles. So you know, it's just these four teams. It's good for the NBA showing off its versatility and its talent. You know, that across the board, it's not just the Lakers, it's not just the Celtics, the Knicks, or Miami. We have talent all over the NBA, and look at what we got. We got an emerging star in Trey Young in in Atlanta. Obviously, you guys have front row seats to Donovan Mitchell, who's also had an unbelievable playoff run. You know, the ankle injury really kind of hampered him towards the end. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of positive stuff all over the league. I mean, we could point to so many teams, Memphis with John Morant. Just a lot of positive stuff. And the ratings are reflecting that. And that's kind of making me happy just because I'm saying, like, see, NBA, you can show more than just the four or five normal teams you show every season.
2: So you talk about some of the young talent in the league. The three-point shot has become such a big part of what teams are doing. But is it my imagination, or are you astounded by the shooting from distance that we see, the capabilities, the talent, the skills of these players these days. I haven't looked it up to see if uh, numerically it's, uh, it's at an all-time high across the league, but just the impression of watching modern basketball is, wow, look at all these guys who can shoot.
3: Yeah, the, the, the shooting has become such an important thing. Yeah, we pretty much vilify guys who can't. Um, and Jake I, does. I, I, he, he
2: says that about Ben Simmons all the time.
3: Well, it's not just him. And, 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 and there's a lot of them. Uh, you know, I mean, I kill Giannis when he's shooting threes because I get upset. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm with you in how amazing it is in terms of just the range of these guys and the fearlessness with some of the threes they're willing to take sometimes. You know, I see Dame, I see Dame or, or Trey Young, we'll see it, some of it tonight, you know, if he's healthy enough, you know, pull up from deep. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a very brave shot. Make or miss, that was a very brave shot. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're just kind of watching it sort of evolve. But the interesting, too, is the pendulum swung this way. It's, it's, to me, it's slowly going to start to swing back. We're gonna, I mean, we're seeing the value now of even the mid-range shot. And, and, and the importance of it. Look what Phoenix has done with Booker and Chris Paul in the mid-range coming off of pick and rolls and creating for everybody else. I think we're, we're, we're going to see a lot more interesting stuff. But I'm with you in terms of like this is just the, the shooting skill we've seen in the NBA right now is on another plane. And, it's, and some people may not like it, but I just think it's awesome to watch people perfect their craft.
1: Mo, I believe uh, you, you've you done uh, video coordinating work for the Australian basketball uh, team, right? Am I, am I yes, remembering that correctly? I, I want to ask you yes, an Australian sir. basketball question because Joe Ingles comes on our station on our morning show every week. <laughs> And he talks a lot about his passion about playing Australian basketball. But the last time he was on this season, he talked about how really he would have to be, you know, it, he it means the world to him, let me put it that way, to, to play for that team. And he's really eager to have one more. And he even wouldn't uh, admit that this is the last run. But, you know, if you look at his age, you know, it might be... Times a times a ticking, but anyway, uh, that it's so important to him to win a medal, and they were so close the last time during the FIBA World Championships and just came up a little bit short. Give us your thoughts on the Boomers, uh, even without uh, um, uh, even without Ben Simmons, do they have a chance to medal?
3: I think they definitely do. They have a ton of talent. You know, uh, they had a. I mean, like you said, they had a really good shot in the FIBA games, and I, and I think they're, they're they're still right there with the same mix. You know, they're essentially bringing everybody back, um, I believe, from that roster. So, you know, uh, obviously, if you would have had Ben Simmons, would have been a lot more comfortable with it. But I think they definitely have an opportunity to do it. I think there's there should be a lot of excitement. I'm willing to bet it for Australia that I think this might be the year that they get the breakthrough. And having been there and, and, and experiencing working with that team for three years, I was with them from 2010 to 2012, and – you know, there's nothing more than what those guys all want for the country than to to win a medal for them, and 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 the passion which which these guys have, it's amazing. And you know, you could even tell whenever you guys have Joe on again, you know, you can just say like I I was there and I never felt more excitement being around a team than being around those guys, and that's saying a lot considering I was with the Spurs and I was with the Clippers. But, like, the camaraderie I saw with that team opened my eyes to, like, this is really a, 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 a team and sh- teammates, like, loving each other and, and, and the passion they have for one another. I was blown away by it, and it, and it really kind of opened my eyes to, like, wow, there, there's a lot lot here. So I'm definitely pulling for them to at least get a medal in this uh, coming Olympics. What's your takeaways
2: from international basketball these days and the Olympics uh, specifically as far as how good some of these other teams are?
3: Oh, I mean, it's it's really impressive. You know, uh, I mean, we know how far the international game has gone, come since, since just the 92 Dream Team and the effects and all of that. And, you know, when you're looking at it, just, you know, when I was in 2012 and I, I went and looked at the Spain roster, I was like, Serge Ibaka, NBA player, both Gasol brothers, NBA players. Um, you know, you, you were just looking up and down the roster. I don't, Rudy Fernandez was on the team, but I think he might've already at Portland at that point. Um, but they just had talent all over Ricky Rubio. You're just looking at it going like, wow, that's a really talented squad, you know? And that's, that's in Spain, you know? And when you start looking at teams and, you know, uh, Serbia, I know Jokic isn't playing in this, in this run, but he's, he's, talented. Slovenia winning the Euro basket with uh, Luka Doncic and uh, Goran Dragic a few years ago. Like just a lot of talent across the board. When you look at it, it just makes you realize, like, you know, the NBA is, or, or excuse me, basketball is a real global game. It, the rules are a little bit different. FIBA basketball is a little bit different than normal NBA and things like that. But overall, at the end, it's a true global game. Not as big as football or uh, uh, slash soccer, but it's it's it, it's right up there, and it's pretty impressive, and it's exciting to watch.
1: Well, Mo, it's a real pleasure to have you back on the show. Thanks for jumping on with us and uh, sharing a little insight. Yeah, we'll bring you up next time we talk to Joe Ingles.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know if he has nothing, something if he has something nice to say about me, I want you guys to clip it and send it to me. You got um, it. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs>
1: oh man! Well, hey, thank you again, Mo. We appreciate you.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for having me.
1: Pleasures all ours. That's our friend Mo DeKill, um, founder of thejumpball.net, dot uh, Does some work for Bleacher Report, podcast for the Athletic, uh, former video coordinator uh, for the Clippers, Spurs, and we uh, mentioned the Australian men's basketball team. So
2: I really like what he said about international play. I think it's really cool that so many countries have a bunch of talent. You know, I remember back to the '60s when the uh, U.S. Olympic team got jobbed out of the gold medal by the Soviets. Uh, have you ever heard that story, how that happened? Mm-hmm. And Doug Collins was on that team. But they they re- replayed the, the ending, and uh, a lot of the U.S. players wouldn't even accept their silver medals because they felt like they got absolutely jobbed by the referees. And so back then, I mean, the attitude about – other countries and how they played uh, basketball. It was kind of like that was America's sport, and uh, if anybody else infringed upon it, then get out of here. But as time has gone by, and I I don't know where it came from, um, and back then it's kind of a bad example because back then the NBA players couldn't play in the Olympics.
1: Um, a lot of people credit it to the '92 Dream Team. Yeah, not that exactly. basketball was non-existent on the international right. uh, landscape, but it really exploded after the world got introduced to those uh, infamous players right. and probably the best basketball team um, ever <laughs> ever assembled. <laughs> you know, Sands, Buck Johnson. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people, off. and Austin and I actually had an off-the-air conversation about this the other day, and uh, players' motivation to play. Internationally, because let's face it, you get a half second off, and then they're off to Tokyo to uh, to compete for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's demanding. It's not easy. Uh, You're no, right. It's not, and, and you'd say, okay, well, why would they do it? And the answer is because it's worth a fortune to them, and uh, because in <laughs> shoe have, sales, in shoe sales, and marketing, and and your overall brand, and um, you know. China gets a lot of focus in the NBA's, uh, you know, explosion of interest there and in their relationship with that particular country. But, but it's all across Europe. It's it's the way the NBA has expanded, and a lot of revenue comes from overseas now because of that '92 Dream Team. And then a byproduct of that also is uh, what we talked Mo about. All of a sudden. Um, the Gasol brothers are growing up wanting yeah. to play basketball and exactly. Ricky Rubio, and, and they develop it in overseas in Europe in a very soccer fashion where you have these academies and that are developing talent, and thus, you know, European players that come to the NBA are very much polished products. And, uh, you know, a big part of the reason that, you know, guys like Dirk Nowitzki and Luke, uh, uh, Luka Doncic and on and on and on, Rudy Gobert are, are uh, huge stars in the NBA. and. Yeah. Thirty years ago that wasn't as much a thing, right? No, not at all. And I love it. I say
2: my my point in bringing up the past, it was kinda like you compare that to now and and of course I was I was just pretty well, I was only probably in my thirties, back in the sixties. But uh, you know, now that I'm older and wiser, I uh and what would that make me now if I was in my thirties and the sixties? How old would I be now, Jake?
1: Don't do math on the I'm yard, not Gordon. that
2: old. I'd be like, what, 80, 90? <laughs> anyway, uh, my attitude about it has changed because back then it used to be somewhat narrow, the view. But now I love the fact that there's so much talent all around the globe. And I'm not saying I don't hope the Team USA does well, but, uh, but uh, it, it just doesn't. I want to see good basketball. That's all. And the fact that it's all around the globe now is pretty cool.
1: You've gotten mad at me before for this take, but I do root against USA basketball. And your reason? Because it's so unfair. Unfair? Why is it unfair? Because they always have the best team by like a huge margin, and so it's almost like the the. I was how, did do it?
2: how did how team USA do in the World Championships last time around?
1: How did they do? What they take? They lost second they- or third? Third. Donovan was on that team. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the norm, as you know. You root against the U.S. of A.? <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting for the underdog.
5: This is Comrade Scott Ch- here. Chase, that's
1: that's pathetic, isn't
5: it? Chase you know, from, like
1: from Smart Rain is jumping on I, with it, us.
2: As if, what? What? Do, I mean, because you think, do you think that the NBA players from America are from a different planet?
1: No, no, no. I just like the chaos of it all.
4: And you like when the bad guy wins too, right?
1: Uh depends on what bad guy. <laughs> See, look at Gordon. He's do just you looking at uh, me uh, do, in disgust. Hold on, Gordon wants me deported immediately. Do you? Of this do you, thing. No,
2: because I'm not. I'm not nationalistic, and I don't. I don't check out the medal count every day during the Olympics. I just, you know, it. it I'm. I have been to other places around the world and there are some people worth rooting for who don't wear the red, white, and blue.
1: Yeah, good point, Austin. Yeah, um, you meet a lot of people on those Viking River tours across <laughs> Europe.
5: <laughs> uh, but,
0: but... <laughs> Here
1: we go. Here we go.
5: I didn't, Do you I didn't... root against uh, the,
1: the Team USA gymnastics team? No, that seems a little more even.
2: What's something that the U.S. always wins at?
1: Nothing more dominantly than basketball. Just pretty good swimmers. Yeah, do you root against American swimmers? No, yeah, pretty even playing field there. And when Michael Phelps was winning a 1,000 gold medals, were you rooting against him? He doesn't win all of the gold medals in all <laughs> of the events. He won a lot. He did win a lot. Anyway. What about rain. the hammer
5: throw? Is that an unfair <laughs> advantage? <laughs>
1: yeah. Who were the – do you remember when Reebok promoted Dan and Dave for the no. Olympics the, that they were going to be on, in the uh, – what is it, decathlon or whatever, and then one of them didn't even make the team? <laughs> Don't you remember that? They did the big, long ad campaign, yes. Dan and Dave, yeah, and it was this huge deal, and then, yeah. like, Dave didn't even go to the Olympics. <laughs> Do you root against uh
2: like the uh, uh what what country is so great across at, cross, at uh, like marathons and cross country is it Ethiopia or uh
5: Kenya Kenya, Kenya? Kenya.
1: Do you root against those guys? Yeah, I don't even really watch the the marathon.
5: Yeah, who does? Those runners' mothers don't watch that yeah. thing.
1: <laughs> Do you root against the Romanian
2: synchronized swimmers?
5: Are yeah, they, are they down good? with Romania? Yeah. I don't right.
4: know. I don't know.
1: Uh, Chase that. is here from Smart Rain. Let's, let's Chase. Can you believe this guy?
4: No, I cannot.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I I can't apologize for who
4: I am. I mean, we do have an advantage, <laughs> but hey, we got to root for the for the guys. So we can, can educate. You can educate you.
1: Well, let's educate uh, our listeners out there on on how to save a bunch of money and responsible citizens when it comes to water use huh (laughs) how about that for a transition all right yeah
4: so i want to throw out a couple crazy stats or 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 facts so 2.5 percent of earth's water is fresh okay and on average 70 percent is used on landscaping 20 percent is used on industry you know water is a is a resource and we need to really kind of embrace it and especially here in Utah you know with with being in the worst drought on record right you know governor Cox came out and you know did a uh, a state of emergency on it you know were where there's a lot of different initiatives slow the flow waters life you know the h2o oath and smart rates is a solution to that you know to this uh, issue right now and so you know right now what I'm asking listeners just give us a chance call up our sales team we will run a water analysis for you. Give us your year's water bills and we'll show you and we'll prove to you why smart rain will benefit you. And so, you know, saving 30 to 50% on water costs is one thing, saving on the water, the time of, of the labor for some of the, the landscapers, the maintenance people. And it, it's just if you're using a controller where you have to manually do anything, get rid of it. I mean, stop it. Stop it because, you know, everybody has a, a smart thermostat in their house. You know, it's like, when is it going to be more of an issue to, you know, use a smart controller for your, for your irrigation? You
1: know, I, I love this type of stuff, Gordon. We talk about this quite frequently when there's, there's an outdated way of doing things and <laughs> folks that come along to go, you yeah, know what? Good idea. We can do that better because <laughs> that's know? not going real well. Right? Yeah, when
2: Thomas Edison came up with the light bulb, you know, we didn't say, you know, whatever happened to the gas l- lanterns, <laughs> you know, or the kerosene lanterns.
1: But, I mean, you, you look at the uh, cab companies with Uber and Lyft, right? I mean, uh, people that come along and say, oh, we can do that better. But in this case, not only are you saving folks money and doing it better and all that stuff, but there's there's like a citizen part of this, yeah, too, exactly. especially here in Utah.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, it, it's crazy to me that, that people are still doing it the archaic way, right? right? You know, and, and a lot of companies are trying to go green right now, right? And people are starting or companies are starting out going green by doing solar, which is – Pretty expensive investment. Sure. Why not start a little smaller? Work on your sprinkler, your irrigation on your commercial property, and then kind of work your way up. If you want to start somewhere, start with irrigation. And with, you- uh,
2: with the uh, with the drought, would it be going green or going brown? <laughs> Nailed it. Mm.
1: Bha. Uh, put the brakes on the
4: whole Pun thing. Intended. Or sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so, uh, and, you know, further, if, if folks are on the fence out there, the, the deal you have for Zone listeners today is great. It's
4: yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, you know, the CEO, the president said, you know, let's let's give the listeners a special offer, $500 off each controller purchased with a free RAIN sensor. We have a lifetime guarantee, a dedicated account manager for every client, and uh, just give us a shot. Go to smartrain.net and uh, talk with our team there, or, um, yeah, we, we can uh, help you out in any way that we can. About
1: that. The deal's coming right from the CEO. There it is. How about that? That's a big deal right there. Yes, indeed. Uh, Chase, thank you very much. You're the best. Appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll have more big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one goes out to our boy Wild Turkey Fart Blunt on Twitter.
5: Who is this, Austin? Oh, you know who this is, Jake. No idea. Gordon, you know who this is. I know. Platinum. Hillary Duff. Selling artist. And by platinum, that's her hair color.
2: Hillary Duff, is that what you just said, Yeah, she was in, when my kids were younger, she was in that show with, uh, what's his name? The guy who was in
0: uh,
2: that nerd movie. He was the dad.
5: I literally only know her. Oh, did you ever? You, you Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. yeah. Terrible show, what? but she is the a kids? heck of a bubblegum pop singer. The kids loved it. Loved
1: I just, it. I, I, I honestly missed Hilary Duff. I'm not, I'm not above it. I mean, I, I like the Lady Jams as much as the next guy. but a I just too. I just was a little
5: too old for... Uh, she was in Napoleon Dynamite. The sister was? Yeah. Who? She was the... Uh, the starts with H. What's her Haley. Name? Haley. She was the popular girl in gym class. Darker oh. hair. Oh. I'll have to give her You'd a... You'd recognize clue. her. Yeah. But anyway, Ryan, with the bubblegum pop request, and I'm a sucker for it. <laughs> All right. I love That's that funny. stuff. Have you always been that way? I
2: always have been, yeah.
5: Like, who was your favorite of all time? Oh, Selena Gomez. She's got a whole bunch of bangers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you and Hans.
5: <laughs> who else? Who else is on your list? Uh, there's a, a sister duo called uh, Ali and AJ. Oh, yeah. Mashaka. Mick,
2: Mick, uh, what, what Mashaka? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the kids like the... Spice
5: Girls? Come on. How about Britney? We're a big Britney Oh, fan? totally. and yeah. mm-hmm. still am, yeah. I know Jake is. too. Oh yeah, you know what? Jake went to I Pink. Like, I like Britney. Well, Pink's oh, not bubblegum I, pop though. I'll Pink's tell you a rock what. Star.
1: Pink is one of my favorites. I also, you know what I got for my birthday? Uh from my uh, daughter, uh Taylor Swift album. I Which liked one? To, Taylor Swift too. Not her surprise most recent one, but the the one
5: before. Ever ever something Yeah, the yeah. one
1: she sued the water park over.
5: Oh yeah, 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 Evermore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway.
1: Uh, Pink. I'll, I'll you, tell you this: I've seen a lot of concerts. Pink's concert here in this building was one of the best concerts I have ever seen. It was amazing. Listening
5: to you describe it, it was she's like flying blowing. around on oh, wires. was
1: nuts. Absolutely nuts. About Katy Perry. I like totally. Katy Perry. Yeah. yeah, I I haven't seen her in concert, but yeah, I like Katy Perry. That, Miley uh, Cyrus. Yep. We've had Miley Cyrus band of the day. What's Ooh. my favorite Katy Perry song. Uh, my uh, my daughter and I really like Firework call it the fireworks song. Anyway, so I did Hillary Duff. I just never got into. So there you go. Wild turkey fart Blunt. Big story of the day today, Gordon. Uh, and we don't know how big a story it is, really. So let us throw that disclaimer on here before we bring it up. But Brian Windhorst of ESPN brought this up uh, on the Hoop Collective podcast. He said this, quote, I think Dwayne Wade is seriously concerned about Donovan Mitchell's desire to stay in Utah long term, unquote. So that could mean a lot of things, as we said in the two o'clock hour. So we don't want to jump to too many conclusions, although it's such a big thing. And Donovan Mitchell has such a big role on this team and is such a big figure in Utah Jazzland that uh, any sort of uh, wind blowing about him not wanting to be here is going to be a big story.
2: Huge story. If, if that is in fact a story, like you said, and we don't know. We, we just, we just don't know what that a tweet like that means And this is one of the problems with uh, what goes on today. Everybody's tweeting stuff out that may or may not be a story. And so what do we do with that, Jake? I mean, we can't ignore it, but we don't want to necessarily give it credibility either. I mean, we've talked to people who have whispered about this for some time, so that would make you kind of think there is some credibility to it. But uh, we don't know. We don't know. And Donovan hasn't said anything publicly. So what do you do with it? You consider what it would mean if it were true or you talk about uh, that it's not true. Uh, I think the way I said it earlier was that uh, it would be very beneficial if Donovan would speak to it. So that I, I understand that there are people here in Utah who sometimes express views that are counter to what Donovan believes in uh, deeply. And those are unfortunate exchanges on social media now that are just stupid and ignorant. But I, I, for the sake of this market and this community and this state, I hope that in the mind of Donovan Mitchell, those views, which are ignorant and stupid, do not reflect to him the reality of the way many, most of the people in this state think. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think, as far as jazz fans go, there is no more popular player in the state of Utah than Donovan Mitchell. His jersey sells the most, he gets the loudest cheers from the crowd. They have supported him, they want to support him. And they, they, they would feel, I think, they'd be extremely hurt. If Donovan came up with a reason to want to go elsewhere, and I understand he's disappointed after the way the season ended, he was injured. Mike Conley was injured. Look, that's that's a tough way to have a, a tremendous season end. But Jake, uh, you got to bounce back from that. You can't walk away from that challenge. You cannot walk away from this. You can, but that doesn't seem like based on what we know about Donovan Mitchell. That doesn't seem in character for him. So. What do you
4: think?
1: Well, I want to bring up a tweet we got in the 2 o'clock hour when we brought this up. And it comes from our guy, Zach Andrus, on Twitter. And Zach's a great listener and has interacted with us many times. So we're, uh, I appreciate him bringing this up, even though he doesn't agree with you, Gordon. But I, l- I like the discussion aspect of it. So hopefully Zach doesn't think we're coming at him. But he says, Gordon is wrong. Spider Mitchell doesn't owe anybody anything. He busted his ass for the Jazz. Stop assuming you know anything about him. I hear what you're saying. And I don't necessarily think you're wrong, Zach, but he does owe the Jazz four more years. That seems to be something Zach forgot. He's under contract for four more years. And I get his point about, you know, he he busted his ass for the Jazz, but he also made a commitment to the Jazz. And to back up your point, Gordon, the, the, fans, the fans are the reason that these sports franchises are making billions. And I think... A lot of times that's forgotten. And I'm not saying that you that franchises should go with the whim of the fans because that's just ridiculous. You can't run a sports franchise that that way. But I do think fans go underappreciated for the lengths that they go to support this business because it's not the same as owning a Walmart franchise, right. There's an additional attachment that comes to NBA franchises because of sport and because of the concept of fan. And it's the reason that people are, are paying thousands of dollars to watch you play, but not necessarily the stars, if that makes any sense. Right. It's, yeah. It is the level of play, don't get me wrong, but it's also the attachment to the franchise and the attachment to the player that is in a large way kind of artificial. It's based on a feeling but very much real to fans and very much lucrative to the NBA. And I'm with you. I wish that that was appreciated a little bit more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Well, I anyway, think you're exactly right. So I don't know what Donovan owes whom, I guess is my point, other than he's legally owes the Jazz four more years unless they decide to move him. But, but as far I wish the fans were appreciated right. and communicated with better. I'm you, with you. You said it perfectly, Jake,
2: that it's not just – you signing with the franchise, it's the fans who back that franchise and who feel as though the Jazz are sort of, I've told you a thousand times, that uh, cultural anthropologist that said that sports teams are a representation of the community doing battle with other uh, representations of other communities. And they get behind it emotionally. And that's why you don't see, you bring up a great point with the businesses, uh, I can't think of very many uh corporate endeavors where people yell and scream and cheer, right? I mean, maybe an Apple convention or something like when when they do that stuff and they introduce new products, people get real excited about that. but really, people pour their hearts and souls into this stuff, and that's and, and I know that Donovan must know that because he he when when he walks around town, and people come up to him. I mean, I think people want like to respect his privacy,
1: but you see the way the kids react. You see the way the adults react. And Donovan himself has played into that in a lot of really, really cool ways. Right. Um, You know, everybody remembers the 4th of July pool party. Uh But, and I, uh, Gordon, were you with me? This You might not have been, but we were broadcasting from the 3-on-3 tournament uh, for the Summer League, and Mm -hmm. this was some years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, Donovan Mitchell saw on Twitter that the three on three thing was going on. He goes, "How did I not know about this? I'll be right over." Yeah, and he came just on a whim to the three on three tournament at the summer league. And you should have seen it, Gordon. The entire every kid there put down. I mean, there was just a a, a wave of kids like they were mid shot, and they go, "Oh, Donovan Mitchell's here!" Bam, put down the ball and just <laughs> you know. And he's he's he, going to college games, Jake. He himself he's, has played into that in so many cool ways that I. I, I don't know what he's obligated to do. I know we won't hear from him, but I, I wish the fans were appreciated. I guess that's where I'll agree with Maybe you. we will hear from him
2: uh, at some point unless, unless, he is, uh, unless these stories that are told are true. Then he may not want to talk about it. But if they're not true, then, then swat this aside, Donovan. Step up and, and, and uh, talk to your fans and let them know what you're really thinking. If you do want to stay and if, uh, if if I mean the fans are connected to you and I think that that's what Donovan owes the people here and uh, we'll see how it turns out. I, I, I'm just sitting here trying to think of the reasons why he wouldn't want to be here. You know, what, what are the reasons? Is it because he doesn't think the Jazz can win a championship if the Jazz had beaten the Clippers? Uh, and went to the Western Conference Finals, and we're playing the Suns right now, and we're battling to go to the NBA Finals. Would he have the same opinion, or would uh, if that is in fact the truth?
1: Right. We should reset that. We're yeah, just talking we about don't some know. vague thing Brian Windhorst said about yeah. what he heard that <laughs> that uh, Dwayne Wade is saying or heard or something. And, and I hate so having to,
2: I hate having to talk about it because we don't know, but it's out there now, and so people are wondering. And that's why it would be good for Donovan to to say something uh, because the people, most of the people here, there is a small percentage of idiots out there who are absolute morons. And they react on social media when Donovan comes out and says that he supports when he says, for instance, that uh, uh, on Juneteenth that uh, black Americans have been free ish. Since eighteen sixty five and people react with how how dare you say that you 're a wealthy basketball player blah 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 those those are that 's not a fair representation of what this fan base is about. I believe that I think there are some idiots out there who just are clueless about some things, and unfortunately, they have loud voices on social media. Don't let that get to you, Donovan. Those people are everywhere. They're not just here in Utah. There are a lot of places. There are so many people who want to cheer for Donovan Mitchell and do cheer for him. I hope none of that extraneous stuff stuff comes into play on his desire. And, And if he wants to win, then, Donovan, you have a lot of say in that. Step up with the Utah Jazz. Get a little better. Read defenses better play a little better defense, improve yourself, improve your team, and move forward and win that darn championship. If thats I know Donovan wants to win. That, that's huge. He's always talked about that, and he wants to. So uh, I think Donovan can do that here. And I, I, it's hard for me to believe that he's at a point where he's looking at a dead end saying, I can't win here. That's, so what do you want to do? Go somewhere a bigger market, you want more fame, you want more glory? What do you Well, if you win here, you'll get all that stuff. He's already well on his
0: way to getting it.
1: All right, stay tuned. We'll get to the not sports port coming up next. Dilemma Harrington at five. It's the big show. 97.5 and twelve eighty of the zone.
0: The top sixty and sixty is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at one thirty as the Zone counts you down to the start of the twenty twenty-one season by listing off the top sixty players in the state of Utah, as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the top. 60 and 60 weekdays at one 30 presented by Cypress credit union and icon on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97, 5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network.
1: Oh, Hey guys, Jake here to tell you about my friends at zero res. And I've been using zero res for over a decade. I have them all uh, over to my house all the time, but let me tell you why you need zero res. Listen, whether you know it or not, there's dirt, dust, and dander all around your house. Walk into a room on a sunny day. You can see it, uh, and it's everywhere, including your carpets. In fact, your carpets are the biggest filter in your house, believe it or not. So that stuff gets deep down. It settles in the carpet fibers, and here's the problem. You can't see it. That's why you need Zero Res. No matter how clean you think your carpets are, the rugs, even the furniture, trust me, it's not as clean as you think, and Zero Res wants to prove to you just how clean your carpets can be. So give them a call. They've got a great deal going for Zone listeners right now. Just $33 per room of carpet clean. Now minimum supply, but no maximums. And a special deal that uh, is this month only, and this month is running out. So call you need to call today. But take 50% off upholstery cleaning, so take care of that furniture as well. Give them a call. Tell them Jake from the Zone sent you 801-288-9376. They'll hook you up with that great deal. That's 801 zero one two eight eight Z E R O.
0: And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and of The Zone. Is this, the, is this our boy Lundy's? How,
5: you tell? How could you tell? He,
1: he, it's the Aquabats. That's that's our guy Lundys. Awful. <laughs> uh, it is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Time for the Nod Sports Report. Brought to you by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going across the pond to uh, England. Okay,
2: so I need to get your opinion on this because it is, I'm not sure the the right way to lean on it. I, I, I think I know, but I need your, I need your, the force of your opinion. Okay. Have you ever gone into a an eating establishment or a bar or any kind of restaurant and left, uh, just because you got struck with a, 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 a
1: moment of generosity, given a huge tip? I guess define huge, but yeah, I've over tipped. Sure,
2: have you ever gone berserk with it?
1: I've tipped a hundred percent before.
2: Well, that's pretty darn good.
1: What what caused you to do that? Oh, uh, let's
5: see. Jake's not telling the truth here.
1: Um, no, I did it uh, the during the uh, the pandemic on some takeout with a particular establishment that I.
5: I, really mean, no, appreciate I mean, I mean that that's true. You did that, but uh-huh. there's a specific story where you tipped so much you had to call your wife and get more money transferred.
1: Oh yeah, well that oh. happened. I didn't think about that. Is that at yeah. an eating that, establishment? That, that there happened. was
5: probably food in the <laughs> in the roundabout. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, here's another one. I've uh, we
1: went out to uh, a meal with a gift uh, certificate that we got for our wedding. And I, I tipped 100% there, too, because I figured, again, an establishment we really like. We got great services, of fact, despite the fact we had a gift certificate. And mm-hmm. I feel like how many, how many people go into restaurants with a gift certificate and don't tip because they're like, well, it was, a, it was a gift card. It didn't cost me anything. So anyway. Austin, Why, are you, you're a
2: notoriously thrifty tipper. I am not, man. I always tip. Uh, well, well,
5: well, there was that one time. And the guy what... delivered your vehicle. Oh,
2: yeah, but I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't think that through, you know. It's pronounced Porsche. Uh, it wasn't a Porsche. It was a different. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, that I felt bad about that because I didn't have enough to give him what what is customary. Because uh, I'd never had a car delivered like that before. But anyway, uh, so the reason I bring this up is a bartender over across the pond, was doing her job, uh, attending bar, and a gentleman came in, and he ordered a $38 meal. What was it? Two hot dogs and a beer. Seems a little steep. Well, not only did he pay it, but he left her a $16,000 tip. a $16,000 tip. So what did the bar owner do? The bar owner made her split that tip up with everybody else working that night. Seems nice. So, what but, but okay, so here's the question. Should she have been able
1: to keep the entire tip herself? Because it was tipped to her. Well, what's the policy of the, the establishment? Because a lot of places do it differently where you do pool all the tips and split them at the end of the shift. It's not every... Restaurant or bar does it the same way.
2: Well, in this case, uh, well, I don't know whether there was a set. I don't think anybody had ever gotten a tip like that before. But the bar owner decided that she needed to split it up with all her coworkers. And I don't know whether she was complaining or screaming about that. But it made me wonder, what, what do you think is the right thing? Should it be – let's say there's 20 people working at the bar that night. Should it be split up between 20 people or should it go to the person whose service elicited the tip?
1: I guess it depends on their policy. Well, there the is, is no policy. Say, what, what, what do you, but it depends on why was the guy leaving the tip? Was he leaving it because he likes the establishment or because he wants to – I don't know – reward the service?
2: Well, I think it was rewarding the service, and because when the—, the That, that, the, that the, server didn't the,
1: earn sixteen grand by sliding when, out some hot dogs.
2: <laughs> Chili cheese dogs, by the way. But uh, when, when the tip was left, the uh, the gentleman said, don't spend it all in one place. Uh-huh! It, initially, the bartender refused the tip, but the diner insisted. And he, since he's been back in the restaurant uh, more times— But uh, was upset that the tip did not go to the server, the bartender. So that was his intention, for that particular worker to get it. So I I don't know. I didn't know. I I don't know what the – I've heard that there are places where all the tips are pulled together and then they're
1: just handed out that way. But I don't know. What's the right thing to do? Here's what I would do. I would let – it was a her? Yeah. I would let her keep it all. Cash it out at the end of the night, and then rob her in the parking lot.
0: <laughs> get, a ski, get
1: a ski mask, and then <laughs>
2: rob her in the parking lot. No, Jake is not condoning robbery.
1: He's just kidding. I mean, honestly, if if Austin had sixteen grand cash in his pocket, you wouldn't think about it. Let's he—I dare
2: you—he probably does. <laughs> You're gonna take that man on? I don't know. He's got desperation written all Not over his Not over face.
5: 16 grand, you shouldn't take anybody. Oh, on. Austin, so I'm
2: really serious. I'm curious to know. What do you think that that should happen? It's
5: tough. T- it's a sticky situation because I've been in the service yeah. uh, industry and uh, where we did receive a large tip, and it got divvied up amongst uh, everyone there. And only two of us really did any of the work mm-hmm. that night, but everyone else still got a fair share. Well, How do you feel about there that? There were other times where we got uh, someone got a, a tip and didn't share it with people who did more work than that person. Like the busser did all the work, but the or the waiter did all the work, but the maitre D got the tip on mm-hmm. the way out the door. That, that stuff bothers me. If you have an opinion, so always have a policy in place. Is yeah, what I would say. Yeah, that
2: would be good. Uh, if you have an opinion on that, i I'd, I'd like to hear. Hear from me at Gordon Monson, at Jake Zone, at Austin. Awesome how about Heart. how
1: about this? Let's do a little why don't you go out, leave ten K as a tip, and let's see what happens. Well, I don't want to start a fight. Why would they fight? Because
2: I I don't want people, you know, arguing. I don't want to cause a dispute
1: at the workplace. <laughs> I mean, you could really change somebody's life. Ten grand, that's a lot. That's a lot of dough. And then we could see what happened, and we could bring it up on the non sports report.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, uh, let me think about that.
1: <laughs> uh, Lemma's going <laughs> to join us next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. In fact, we'll catch up with our friend Chase from Smart Rain coming up around the corner as well. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.